It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway.
Mm-hmm. Well, listeners, if you want to hear more about the book, what inspired Dion to write it, how it relates to uh, her own life, and which of these characters she most resembles, uh, and so much more, <laughs> listen to, and we're not going to give the answer, listen to the first show that we did entitled Somerset Grove. But today, we're going to focus on the stuff that happened behind the scenes. So tell us, Dion, how did you first get the idea to write the book? Um, most of you, I, I knew that I wanted to write a book, and so... Um, a few years after I was practicing, you know, I, I got back into reading for pleasure again, and I just decided I'm going to challenge myself to write a novel. Um, you know, the same way that I challenged myself to go to law school, I thought, well, you know, you're never going to know whether you can do it or not unless you do it. So um, I, I, I did the challenge. Um, I, I like to write about things that I love to read about, and I love to read stories that explore another time, place, and culture. So I decided um, that I would write um, a story about something along those lines, and I knew that I wanted to do a multi-generational story, and so I just kind of started from there and, um, you know, developed some characters and then just just let my imagination go. So what steps did you take after that initial idea? So you give yourself the challenge, and mm-hmm. the first thing that you actually did to to get on this journey of writing was what? Well, um, I think I did some research to kind of find out, you know, so how long exactly does this book need to be? You know, what am I committing to? And so I did some research on various websites like Writer's Digest and, and um, read some authors' blogs and kind of got uh, a sense of how much uh, writing that I would have to do to get to get up to a, a decent amount of, of words. And so um, after I saw that, I thought maybe I shouldn't have looked at that because that was a lot of words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of word count. Um, so, but, the, but the first thing that came to me was a character. And actually the first line of the book came to me, uh, which is the thought crossed her mind to run. I knew I wanted to write a a story about a girl who wanted to leave Jamaica, but the who and why was something that I had to think about. Um, Mm -hmm. But it didn't take long for me to develop the concept for Angelique, who is the first character that you meet. And she is a compilation of many women, savvy, ambitious, prideful, and and closed off. So... um, you know, I did a lot of reading about character development, um, not only articles, but going back and reading my favorite books and finding out, you know, what did I like about this character and why did I feel like I know this character? Um, and so I started developing this character. Um, and to make her who she was, I had to picture how she would look, the way she dressed, the food that she ate, how she would react in certain situations and what she would say. And then I kind of sketched her out. And and then I started sketching out the other characters and I imagined the town that they came from. And then I just started putting um, scenes together. And that's kind of how um, it started out. Wow. Well, for those of you who have not read the book or picked up a copy, which I suggest you do, the book is 281 pages. And I personally am quite pleased because mine is autographed. Um, 
<laughs> this book will not be loaned or given away to anybody. <laughs> For 281 pages, did you have to write a lot more than that? Because, And we digress a little bit from the question I had intended to ask you, but since you did research the length of it, one of the things I read when I was reading my self-editing book that kind of discouraged me from finishing my first book <laughs> was that actually... <laughs> Once you think you finished, you go back and you identify your weakest chapter and you get rid of it. It's going to mm-hmm. hurt, but you keep <laughs> doing that. And and if you've got five weak chapters and that leaves you with half a book, then that's what you have to do. So to get to 281 pages, did you actually have to write more than that and then trim it down and condense it, or did you actually find that you got to 281 and you just stopped you know, I um, uh, I got up to so I, I was thinking that you know that I had to do about eighty to eighty five thousand words, and so I think I got up around um, somewhere in the mid eighties, like maybe or sorry, maybe it was about eighty two or eighty three thousand words, and then um, I stopped because uh, I went to a writing seminar, which I recommend that that. Um, everyone do. I went to a writing. It was a writing conference and seminar, and um, so there I learned about layering and the difference between, say, an author like, um, um, you know, any of the, the the kind of books that you pick up in the supermarket that are really just direct and get to it, um, and then someone like Toni Morrison who has so many different layers in her in her book that if you read it too quickly, you're going to miss stuff and you have to go back and catch it again. And so I was taught to just write the story. And then you go back and see if there are enough layers in there. And so, um, you know, I think coming from this legal way of thinking, I put everything in there. And so I didn't need to make sure I get everything and then I could take things out. So I didn't need to add too much more. Um, but I did do a lot of rewriting as I as I went along. Um, but yeah, it, it I didn't have to write. I think I ended up adding maybe two or three thousand words um, from the first draft oh, between the first bad. draft and the last draft. Yeah. Well, how long did it take you to write the manuscript? Well, so um, it took me about two and a half years, and that was kind of inching along because, um, you know, as attorneys, we don't have a lot of free time. And I, I'm just Really, Dion? I can't imagine. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why? I, I was on vacation for a whole day just the other Sunday. <laughs> oh, you got a whole day, did you? <laughs> on a Sunday, yes, yes, I did. Yes. And, and for those of you who don't know, Dion and I, we used to work for a boss who, whose attitude was if he saw you leaving at the end of the day, he'd say, where are you going? The sun's still right. shining. Get back to work. <laughs> what do you mean you need time off? That's what Saturday and Sunday are for. <laughs> and that was really hard to take in the summer when it didn't get dark until 9 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. You mean I still I remember me. seeing you at the office on Saturday morning. Hi. And half the office was there. <laughs> oh, I don't miss those days. Um 
<laughs> why lawyers run away and they go in house because it's like I want a life. Exactly. <laughs> I want time for myself. <laughs> people that I'm a lawyer by day and a writer by early, early day. Um, and so I would just have to steal 30 minutes to an hour um, every morning and then try to squeeze in four or five hours a day on the weekend to get it done. So it took me, um, it did take me over two and a half years, but I think it was a good development process for me. And so I think taking two and a half years really helped me to learn how to write. I have discovered that actually you do have to be consistent because, you know, what happens to me is I'll I'll sit for, I might sit for a day, and I got a day, and I might write for hours until, you know, my feels like my head just kind of dries up and there's nothing left. But the problem <laughs> is I'll put this manuscript down, and I might put it down for a month. And so what happens is that a month later I pick it up again, and I've lost the flow. I've lost mm-hmm. the rhythm of the characters. I've lost the flow. I've, I've sort of forgotten <laughs> what I said about <laughs> them and what I didn't say about them. And then now I've listened to some audio books and I have some other ideas about, you know, things I want to add. And so what mm-hmm. ends up happening is I feel like I end up having to kind of start reading through the story and revising it before I can mm-hmm. pick up and add to it because you lose the rhythm. So it it does make a lot of sense to me when you're saying, you know, you got to write some every day because how else are you going to get to know your characters and how else are you going to really get immersed in the story that you're writing if you don't do right. it on a pretty regular basis, right? Right. And then they bother you, you know. <laughs> your characters come to you and they have, they have things to say. And so I have to start writing this down because this this is a really good story. This is This is... The scene is yeah. coming to me, and I have to write it, or I'm going to forget it, or, and I'm going to be bothered by it if if I don't get it down. Because you know, sometimes I'm I'm thinking about something, and I think that would be really good, and I don't write it down. And then when I sit down to write it, I know yeah, that I had a good forgot. idea, but it's gone. <laughs> it's just sitting there going, "It was brilliant, too, man. What was yeah. it?" <laughs> so let's talk about the editing process. Now you've got your first draft. Was it at that point ready for publication, or was there more that you had to do? Oh, so much more to do. <laughs> oh dear! Um, See, this is why I fell down the first time I tried to write. I was like, "What? That wasn't the end?" <laughs> oh no! So you know, I've I've been to a couple of conferences, and and so you know, they told me to just write and get it out, and so. When I got that first draft out, I knew that it was not ready to go. I knew that there was um, a lot of editing that would have to um, take place. So, you know, I had to think about, I had to read through the story and, and does it make sense? And, you know, do I really need this? And so there's a lot of content editing. And then you have to go through and do all your kind of copy editing to make sure that your sentences and your structure is, is good. So, um, it took me probably, um, I, I think I probably went through it at least two or three times before I even gave it to an editor to, to work on. So you found yourself an editor, mm-hmm. and 
content or copy or both? I did both, and that's something that uh, I think sometimes people, you know, try to scrimp on, and I think you really need to get um, a content edit as well as uh, a copy edit. The content edit will, will tell you, they'll tell you whether your story makes sense or your characters make sense or, um, you know, maybe you should try it from a different point of view. Um, but something that you don't see. And the thing about being um, a writer, you know, when you're writing, you know, you, when you're doing tech, tech, technical writing or writing a brief, um, you know, the facts are what they are and, and the story is what it is and you just write it. But when you're writing for um, fiction, it's very personal. And so I think it's hard sometimes to be objective about what you're writing. And so you'll need someone that's, you know, not your mom or your, your best friend, you know, who are going to tell you that you're not love fabulous. It. And, yes, and that wouldn't change the world. Yes. It's perfect. <laughs> it's the one that will tell you the truth, you know, <laughs> and say, what is this? So <laughs> um, <laughs> you have to, I think you have to get both of it. You have to get the content editing and, and once you go through that process and straighten out the story, then you have to have someone look at it and say, you know, is this the right word structure? Is, you know, your grammar correct? Um, is the formatting good? So um, I think you have to do both in order to turn out a quality product. All right. So now we know about that. Um, and based on what you've learned about the editing process. Um, is there anything else that you would advise to a budding author about when to get an editor? It, because, you know, you could conceivably mm-hmm. end up tweaking and tweaking and tweaking until the cows come home and never actually get it off the ground. So how do you know mm-hmm. when you've done enough that you can actually hand it off to an editor? You know, it's it, it's hard to um, pinpoint when it is. I think I, like I said, I think I reviewed it two or three times before I finally gave it to them, but um, I just felt like there was nothing else that I could do and I needed someone else to um, to look at it. So um, I would say, you know, definitely talk to, to authors and see who they've used and look at the author's work and see if, the product looks good, and the and the writing flows well. And then use you know use whoever they've used. Um, and I think you know try and get the the manuscript in as best a condition as possible because you're going to be paying by the page for the editing. And and sometimes you know if it really needs a lot of work, they may just give it back to you and say you know what it's not ready for editing. Um, I've heard. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I've had an editor who told, told people that <laughs> you're not ready for this. I'm going to give you your money back and go back and and, <laughs> and rework this, wow. and then you know come back and and I'll help you with it. So I think it's very important to get it in as as you know, like if you if you didn't have an editor and you thought it was going to go to publication, get it in that condition first, and then send it off to somebody to 
give you an objective opinion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Publishing and marketing. So you finally got it good enough to be edited. You got it edited. Um, you know, my my personal observation in reading your book, Somerset Grove, is that it is very artfully written. The descriptions are vivid and motivations and vulnerabilities of the characters are really clear and quite sympathetic as you're as you're getting to know them. Because I, you know, frankly, I didn't care for Ruby when I read the first <laughs> chapter about Angelique because I was like, wow, she's really kind of a, you know, witch. And uh, then I read her story and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, she she's really kind of a, you know, sympathetic character. So mm-hmm. and 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 frankly, not all published books are artfully written, as you say. They're different styles, right? Some people just tell you the story. So in in my view, when I read like John Grisham books, I'm I'm really into that story because he's sort of very much a this is what happened next and that's the 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 thing that's amazing about the book. But yours mm-hmm. is both what happens next as well as just the way it's written. How do you get to the point where you, you know, felt that Somerset Grove was actually ready for publication. So does the editor then, once you have both of the editing types done, is that the point at which you get the green light from the editors and they say, okay, this is, you know, camera ready, or was there other stuff, were there other steps in between? Well, first of all, thank you for that that compliment. I I really worked hard on it, and it's really nice to hear um, that you speak about the book that way, so thank you for that. Um, <laughs> it took actually a lot of time. <laughs> it, it took a lot of convincing, actually, from my editor and from my from my friends that read the manuscript to get it out. Um, even after it had been edited, um, and um, I went through again after my editor I made some changes, and I looked at it maybe a couple more times. And then, you know, my editor called me and said, so, you know, what's, where's the book? <laughs> he said, um, is it really is, is it really ready? You, you, you sure I don't have to do anything else with it? And, you know, my personality is to keep things close that are very personal to me, and so it was just really hard to just let it go. But, you know, she told me to just, um, you know, just... Let it go. There's nothing else that you could do with it. So, um, you know, aside from the writing, <laughs> let it go. Hand <laughs> over the book, Dion. Dion's like, really? I don't know. <laughs> so, you know, getting that done, and then you know, you have to get a tight set um, uh, by a, a professional. And then selecting a cover designer to, um, you know, design your artwork. Um, that was part of the process. That was actually um, both fun and nerve-wracking because, you, you know, you tell somebody about your book and you hope that they get your vision and they, you hope that they'll come back with something crazy. Um, yep. So, so when the, actually when the cover designer sent me back the, uh, the markup that she did, I didn't open it for a couple of days because I didn't know what I was going to get. But then when I opened it, I just loved um, both concepts that she had. So, um, but, yeah, that uh, you after you do the, the editing, you're still kind of finding 
um, the right cover designer and um, a typesetter and, and getting it out to print. Well, did you have to do that yourself, or did you hook up with an agency that helped you with that, or a publishing house? You know, I I did it I did it all myself. Um, when I first started writing the book, I um, actually got stuck at about twenty thousand words. I kept editing the first twenty thousand over and over again, and then I said, okay. You need some help because you can't stay here. So um, I went online and <laughs> kind of did some research and found um, actually it was called the Black Writers Reunion Conference, and they were having a conference in Atlanta. So they had a bunch of workshops, and so I went out there um, and attended, attended the workshops and met some um, actually quite a few authors, and several of them were self-published, and so. You know, they asked me what, how I planned to publish the book, and I said, well, I hadn't decided yet. And they said, why don't you just self-publish? Um, and they kind of just walked me through the steps of, of getting it done. And so I just um, did it myself. Really? Yeah. Was it hard? <laughs> um, no. And, you know, the nice thing about um, authors is that they're not competitive. And so they're so willing to share whatever information that they have, and so people told me about, um, you know, what I need to do and what were the steps in getting it done and who I should contact for referrals for editors and cover designers and things like that. So, uh, and and they're also willing to share their mistakes. So uh, that was helpful in avoiding some things, <laughs> some pitfalls. Yeah, um, isn't that interesting? Yeah. So did you, did you do anything that... Um, you would say, these are the mistakes that I made in the process, so if I were to do it again, these are the things that now that I know I would avoid? Um, there are a, a couple of things. So I used two editors, and I probably didn't need to use two editors, but um, the first one didn't make a lot of changes, and I thought, well, Maybe she's just being nice. I don't know. So I sent it mm-hmm. off to another editor, and she didn't really have many comments either. And so I said, okay. Um, so I did pay for an extra edit, but that was that was fun because you know really I needed that to confirm that um, that I was on the right track. Um, and then some of the things that would change is is uh, the timing. So I. You know, I had to set up my own company to do the self-publishing and um, the order of getting the, um, you know, getting set up with that and getting a um, typesetter and cover designer, uh, coordinating that so that, you know, the cover designer knew exactly how many pages it would be so she could, um, you know, make sure that the binding was, was right. Um, I kind of did that out of, out of order, should have typed up the book first and then gone to the cover designer. But so I learned that that now, and and um, um, and now I'm already set up with my own company, so I don't have to wait for you know the district to issue me a um, uh, you know um, I don't know what is that document? The certificate saying that I'm now a business owner. So, <laughs> um, so those oh. things, so those things kind of got stressful yeah. and. Yeah, and then you want to, you know, you have a certain publication date, and um, you know, then you want to stick to it. So, um, timing-wise, 
it got a little bit, you know, um, shaky for me near the end, but um, I got it all out and I've learned from it. Well, when I opened the book, it says Clarendon Books, Washington, D.C. So is that your company? That is my company, yes. Oh, it sounds quite impressive. Yeah, so my mom, <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> my mom uh, grew up in Clarendon, Jamaica, and so that's where I got the name for the, the company. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, it's a little personal well, touch to it. So now tell us about the marketing, because obviously, you know, with a day job, you don't have the freedom <laughs> to go trekking around the country doing nothing but marketing and doing book signings and so on. So what ways have you found effective for marketing Somerset Grove? And is that an, you know, when you're when you're an author, I, you know, sometimes I think it's almost like once you get the thing published, or I personally, I think I'm, I'd be so happy, I'd, I'd feel like I was done. And and yet, what I've picked up from authors over the years is that actually that's just the beginning because now you've got to market and get people to actually buy the thing that you've done. So right. for you, what have you learned about the marketing process and how, how challenging is it? Um, it's, I think it's very challenging because I've never had to do really uh, much marketing. And then it's, again, my personal work. So um, it's surprisingly sometimes it's hard to talk about, you know, what you're done because, you, you know, you want people to love it and, and um you know, if they don't, I think that would be very, um, you know, very tough emotionally. So the, the marketing is is new to me, and I'm learning along the way. Um, one thing that I would do differently is I would start doing it earlier. I kind of finished the book and then just said, like you said, just, there, it's done now. It's okay, well, I'm done. Buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I will, you know, opening up the window, looking, waiting for the people to line up and buy it. But, so that didn't happen. <laughs> There's a long of people at my front door, so <laughs> um, so I'm learning. I'm starting to get out. Um, the nice thing about being in the Washington D.C. area is there are a lot of festivals in the spring and summertime, and so I've been um, going to different festivals, um, and some of them not necessarily book festivals. Um, Somerset Grove, because it has such a strong Caribbean theme. I've gone to um, a different Caribbean events and marketed there. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I'll go to a, a heritage festival. Um, July was, uh, sorry, June was um, Caribbean Heritage Month. And so, um, you know, I went to a couple of festivals during that time and marketed there and um, um, it did well. Um, also... I'm going to Canada next week for Folklorama, which is a huge cultural festival, and I'll be um, marketing at one of the Caribbean pavilions. Um, and then also, you know, getting in touch with authors and finding book clubs to market to. Um, the nice thing about book clubs is that people will come in and they'll buy, you know, two or three books because they'll buy one for their friend who wasn't able to make it, and they'll buy one for their mom, mm-hmm. and so. Um, that has actually, you know, turning into a, a good way of, of um, finding consumers. But I'm learning along the way, and I'm kind of editing my little marketing plan as I go. And so, um, 
you know, for the next book, I'll I'll know I'll be able to hit the ground running, as they say, and <laughs> and really find some interesting um, marketing tools. Well, my final question is related to the the whole marketing thing. So, you got the book on Amazon. It's on Barnes and Noble, I do believe. And mm-hmm. you know, are there other share with us? Are there other outlets where you are selling this book through? Well, there's a local bookstore, if you're in the Washington, D.C. area, it is at Sankofa um, Video and Books. Um, and if you have, um, if you're addicted to your Nook or Kindle, you can download the book as well. Um, and I'm really going to start focusing on the e-marketing piece because, um, you know, I was one of those diehard paperback Book type people until somebody got me a nook, and then I said, "Oh, well, this is this is quick, <laughs> even better." What, what's that new book out? Okay, <laughs> now I have it. Download it really quickly. So, um, yeah. So I'm focusing on on those right now, and I'm going to try and get into a couple of more um, local bookstores. Uh, but I think you know, ebooks are the way of the future, and so I'm going to figure out how to. Uh, boost my marketing that way. Cool. All right. Well, Dion, is there anything else that you would advise budding writers out there, um, myself being one of them, so frankly this was quite a selfish show because I thought, oh, this is fantastic. I'm going to ask her all the stuff I've been wondering about. <laughs> Any other advice that you would give to those of us who are, are still wishing that someday we'll get to where you are? Well, I think, um, you know, do your research on on your writers, I'm sorry, on your um, your editors and typesetters and things like that, um, and don't get discouraged. Um, you know, it can be, it, it can be, it can feel like a lonely process because writing is a very solitary process and um, it's hard for new authors to kind of just get in the game and, and, and get going, but... Uh, don't get discouraged. Um, consider self-publishing, and you know, find a writer's community, an author community, and you can get support that way. Good deal. Well, this brings us to the end of our show. Dion Peart, thank you so much for joining me today, and uh, our listeners on the Seaway Show. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed myself. Well, and I enjoyed talking to you, too. It's nice to catch up after a while, and it's been a while since we've talked. Yes, yes, it has been too long. (laughs) I know. Listeners, if you visit this posting on com or com, you can purchase your copy of the book Somerset Grove. There you will also find links to Dion's website, her contact information, her bio, and all things Dion. I do believe, if I remember correctly, that you are actually working on a second book, yes? I am, I am. I'm actually, I have, I have two in the works now, so I'm oh, hoping to finish one with you. And, and, yeah. <laughs> well, that is absolutely phenomenal, because whenever, whenever it's uh, coming out, then I certainly want you to come back, and uh, we'll talk about the next book and the next and the next. And then someday when your name is synonymous with, you know, John Grisham, Stephen King, uh, Nora Roberts, I'll be like, 
I was the one. <laughs> I interviewed Dion back in the day. Absolutely, <laughs> Oh, thank you very thank you. much, Dion. Listeners, thank you. thank you very much for joining us on the Speedway Show. And um, this today is Dion and Speedway saying, "Go in peace and." Get yourself a copy of Somerset Grove and enjoy it. Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle thespeedwayshow. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.